Thanks for joining us today on the nateholdridge.com podcast, where we're taking a look at some of the articles that Pastor Nate is writing at nateholdridge.com and just going a little bit deeper into them. Today, we're having a conversation about gospel-centered men. Let's get into it. Who is Jesus in your life? Are your thoughts, dreams, perspectives, and priorities motivated by the power of Jesus in your life? Perhaps your passion for the gospel is already flowing nicely. Perhaps you are currently overwhelmed with the forgiveness that Jesus has offered you. But maybe the gospel has never been fascinating to you. Maybe you've drifted away from an adoration of Christ. Now is the time to fire up your love for the gospel. This love won't turn you into a lightweight kind of man, but rather into a devoted man. This will not make you out of touch or impractical, but will instead give you an excellent filter with which to view all of life. This love will develop you into a gospel-centered man. How's it going, Nate? Going pretty good, man. Just another week being with you. This is like a dream come true, man. <laughs> so good. I I've really, uh, to be honest, I have really looked forward to these times of chatting with you uh, oh, about good. this stuff. I mean, this is like the way I've felt about it is like, you know, when you're hanging out with like one of your Christian friends and you get done like a couple hours later and you're sitting there going, man, we didn't really like talk about the real stuff. <laughs> yeah. And you kind of are a little bummed mm-hmm. about it. And then you have those other times where you're like, man, we did talk about the yeah. real stuff. Mm-hmm. That's how I've been feeling like each time we are done. I'm like, that was cool. Oh. That was cool to be able to talk. I mean, I know it, I know I'm doing a lot of talking. I'm not like that much of a dominator <laughs> when it comes to actually hanging out with a friend. It's just me talking. Uh, but uh I've just really it's been it's been neat to be oh, able to yeah. like think about stuff like that's of real significance and importance. Oh yeah, me too. I feel the same way. I've just been loving talking about scripture and life and about our faith. It's been super encouraging for me. I hope it's encouraging for you listener as well. But this has been such a great time just discussing how the gospel kind of gets into our lives and changes us and shakes us up. That's actually a nice segue into today's topic. Oh, man, you're getting really oh, good at this. I shouldn't have called it out like that. That kind of just blows it up. But <laughs> but today we're talking about gospel-centered men and, man, how we desire to see the gospel just affect men's lives yeah. in such big ways. And, uh, you know, Nate, just as we're getting into this, before we even get too far, maybe we kind of start off this conversation with a really just simple question of just what what is the gospel? Yeah, I mean, that's a, a massive question on the one hand, you know, where people are writing like entire books, right, that is you know, true. about yeah. what the gospel is uh-huh. and its implications, you know, and we as a church, you know, you know, we just completed our study over the course of an entire year of the book of Romans, which is actually a fairly quick pace to go through Paul's treatise on the message of the gospel. And if what you have in Jesus's work on the cross of Christ in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, if what you have is his external work, you know, he was nailed to the cross. He had the cross beam placed up there on Mount Calvary. He was uh, crucified. He died over the course of six hours there on the cross. The veil was torn in two. The spear was placed into his side. His body was put into the 
tomb if what you have there is the external work of what Jesus had done, the, the good news of the cross of Christ, then what you have there in the book of Romans is what Jesus was actually accomplishing in the spiritual realm there upon that cross. So the, the gospel is basically the good news of what Christ has done, Amen. the good news that there is a righteousness apart from the keeping of the law, which is an impossible version of righteousness to be able to attain, that the worth of God can be placed upon my life or your life by believing, by placing our faith in the finished work of Jesus Christ upon that cross, that he substituted himself for me on that cross and that by believing in him, I can be saved. And what that salvation is, the good news of that gospel, the good news of that salvation is not just that I get my get out of hell free card, but right. that I can be saved positionally once and for all, but that I can continually be saved from the future judgment of God, but also that I can be saved from myself in the here and now, that I can be changed and transformed and sanctified and redeemed, and that I'm adopted and chosen and all these beautiful things that are wrapped up yeah. in that gospel message. But in a sense, what we're talking about is looking at the cross of Christ, what Jesus accomplished on behalf of mankind, that he that he died in my place, that he's my great substitute, and that by believing in him, I can have a relationship with the living God for forever and ever and ever. So that I think that's, you know, those are some of the things that would yeah. we would say when right. saying what is the gospel. Right. And that's a message that's for both men and women. Obviously that's for all of mankind. That's the beauty of this story of the gospel is that it's it reaches into everybody's lives. It can reach everybody. But today we're talking specifically to men Nate, why is this gospel message so important for a man? Well, because I really think that without the gospel getting firmly embedded inside a man's heart, he's just not, look, we're going to do what we want to do. Right. You know, we're going to do what we want to do. And if, if the gospel isn't strong in a man's heart, if it's just a, you know, it's kind of a nice message, but it really hasn't taken hold within his heart. It's not something that he's fallen in love with, something that he's grown to really appreciate in his life. Then the motivation for life change, the motivation for transformation, the motivation to do some of the things that we've talked about on this podcast, the motivation is going to be so limited. But when the gospel gets a hold of a man's heart, the motivation is endless. It's like this wellspring in your heart of just perpetual gratitude for what Christ has done. So you're like continually day after day saying to yourself, this is what God has done for me. Mm. What can I do for God? Yeah. You know, if this is how much he has loved me, oh, how I love him. If this is how far he went for me, how far can I go for him? It just creates, I think, the whole the whole motivation thing is settled when a when a man gets the gospel wow, yeah. embedded inside his heart. When it's a nominal thing like we've all had before or that we've all seen before. When it's a nominal thing, it's like the motivation's so weak. You right, know, like it's true. okay, go to church. You know, why why should I go to church? 
You know, why should I make that a weekly part of my life? Why should I go to church? Well, you know, if the answer is, well, because, you know, the Bible says, like, don't forsake the assembling of the saints. And uh, the Bible demonstrates that God's people came together and they uh, worshiped and they served each other. You know, the Bible's, and you're like giving all these examples from Acts and the pastoral epistles, and you're like building this case for giving yourself to weekly church attendance. These are all great things. I mean, the Bible should be the authoritative word over a man's life. However, that motivation, it seems, really only goes so far. But if if you say to yourself, I'm going to go to church because Jesus shed his blood for that group of people. Uh He loves that group of people. That's how far he was willing to go to establish the thing. So I want to go be a part of that thing. Uh, It just changes the game and the motivation, you know, becomes strong Mm -hmm. as opposed to being weak. It becomes primary as opposed to being a secondary, you know, kind of thing. Yeah. That, I feel like that cuts to the heart of your article too. Not just addressing kind of exterior motives, like going to church, just the act of reading your Bible or just the act of setting aside time for prayer or something like that. But what you're talking about is that this is, this gospel message gets inside of you in such a way that produces the desire to like be in community, to read the Bible, to pray to our Lord, which is such a wonderful way of going about the Christian life. It's so it's so bland without that. You know, it's just a set of rules, set of just practices and everything. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like you mentioned, you know, reading the Bible, something like Bible reading, you know, that's something that, you know, every Christian is going to go through times where their Bible reading is uh, a less than dynamic experience. Mm, I mean, it just happens. You know, the Psalms uh, declare and talk about moments like that, moments of dryness, you know, where you're going through the valley and it feels like God's voice is not very loud or strong. But um, when you have this perception in your heart that my life is owned Mm. and, you know, his love for me is so strong and the depths of what I have in this good news is is so rich and so unsearchable. Mm-hmm. When you have that sense, you just keep you keep going back because you know I haven't tapped this out. Mm-hmm. I haven't plumbed the depths of this. It might be a little dry right now, but his love for me is so strong and I and I you know for whatever reason I'm going through this right now his eye is on me but there is there is something more there mm. that I've that I'm yet to discover but I, from from knowing that message I know that there's there's more and so mm. I just I'm going to keep being here my my life is not my own you know and you, and you just kind of keep showing up and then that life kind of comes back and the Lord starts speaking again and or mm-hmm. or I mean he always was, but you're you're tuned right. to it again. And so yeah, I mean it's just I, I think having that firm in your heart is just really vital. Oh totally. And I, I noticed from hearing you speak, preach, and just knowing you as a man that you're a man who's really internalized a lot of this, that God has really confirmed the gospel in your heart and shown you grace and shown you mercy and that you've responded out of that through the way you preach and the way you live your life. In this article, you talk a bit about your experience Mm. at Bible college and learning about grace. And sometimes it's just kind of nice to hear somebody talk about how 
they experienced Jesus just to kind of put some bones or some yeah. flesh on the bones, you know. Can you kind of talk us through what that looked like? It was such a neat time for me in my life um, because I had, during my uh, my teenage years, I had just, you know, wandered from the Lord and wandered from what I had known. I'd experienced the Lord kind of in those, like, late middle school uh, years of my life in very real and tangible ways and had drifted from that, you know, during my high school years, basically for all the reasons that lots of people drift, you know, just peer pressure. And it wasn't, I wasn't having doubts or anything like that. It was just sin, the enticement of the world. And, and so, you know, when I was 18, I uh, really kind of the end of being 17 and on into 18, I really was falling under for about six months, the conviction of the Holy Spirit. Mm. And, uh, eventually, you know, God just, he got me, you know, he just got me, pursued me and pursued me and was so faithful. So I did, I made that decision to go down to, to Bible college and just try to, try to grow because mm-hmm. I felt like, man, I've been in such a bad rut for so long now and a real big portion of my life. So I want to, I want to kind of ha- have my mind like reprogrammed. Mm-hmm. So I was sitting there in this class and uh, Bob Hoekstra was my teacher and he was teaching, it was Galatians and Ephesians. And he, he had taught all the way through Galatians, and we were on into Ephesians chapter 1. And this guy, just every week, he would just, with a smile on his face, he would just talk about, you know, Jesus and the gospel message and how beautiful. And I remember, you know, I was sitting there, and I was thinking, you know, I, I grew up in a pastor's home. I have been a part of a church for my whole life. I grew up, you know, going to children's ministry and being forced to go to youth groups and stuff like that. And, you know, I felt like, hey, man, uh, I'm ready to move on. You know, I'm really ready to move on to some deeper stuff. You know, you keep going back to Jesus. You keep going back to the cross. I'm ready to, to move past the milk and ready to get into the meat that's the attitude i had and it was it was from ephesians 1 verse 3 when he started finished galatians was in ephesians and it said there that in christ we have received every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places and he just was elaborating on the the uh, complete work of the cross in that when you become a christian you get every single spiritual blessing. It's already yours. Every Mm -hmm. spiritual blessing is yours in Christ Jesus. And he was just elaborating on some of those spiritual blessings. And as he was doing it, it was like my mind was just opened up and I I started realizing, wow, this, I've been seeing the gospel message like a little pond or a little cup of water or a little teeny stream or something like that, but it's this ocean of that I that I've barely touched I've barely touched it I've barely tasted it I've barely understood it yes I'm saved but I'm going to be studying this for my whole life mm, yeah. and that just it just kind of got into me at that point you know and and uh, so yeah that you said you asked for my story that that was like just you know so so I've for that reason, that's why those prayers that Paul prays in Ephesians one and Ephesians three they make so much they they mean so much to me. Yeah, I because he prays for them to have spiritual understanding. Yeah, and he prays for their eyes to be opened to comprehend the length length width depth and height of the love of Christ which passes knowledge. Mm. 
And those aren't just perfunctory prayers to me. They're real legitimate prayers because what I'm wanting for my own life and for the people I'm ministering to is that they would have that same experience where their eyes are opened and my eyes are opened even more to see the length, width, depth, and height of the love of Christ, that there's like a stronger understanding and passion for that cross of Christ, gospel message, love of Jesus Mm. kind of stuff. So. It's just, uh, it's uh, yeah, it's like you said, it's become a real like pillar, I think, in my own oh, heart. Yeah, and you can see it too. I-, I love that. You talk also in the article just about a couple ways, like you were just saying that you were able to have like your eyes opened a bit and that that happened through that class, like the Holy Spirit was moving through that text and through that classroom setting to speak to your heart. And in this article, you talk about really three main things. I'll let you talk about them, but three different ways to kind of cultivate this gospel mm-hmm. style kind of life for a man. Can you walk us through those three things real quick? Sure, yeah. So the first one I mentioned was um, finding gospel-centered friends, you know, and I, I I, don't mean to, you know, pile on to like the popular popularity right now of the phrase gospel-centered or anything yeah. like that. And there's other people that I think use that phrase probably so much better than, than I do and can. Um, but what I what I'm meaning by that simply is that um, these are like they're they're real gospel loving yeah. cross of Christ loving mm-hmm. dudes that you are <laughs> yeah. in connection community relationship friendship with you know it's we we've all heard the stories you know of like oh, I met this guy you know on and his like profile said that he was a Christian you know and it's like you ask the guy like what does the cross of Christ mean to you and it's like what you know like he's <laughs> nominal at best you know there's there's a maybe some kind of affiliation to the church or visible christianity Uh, he owns a bible Mm -hmm. you know something like that but what i'm talking about is man when, when you are hanging out with dudes that feel like they were rescued from the jaws yeah, of hell uh-huh. and you're spending time with men who realize that if it weren't for the grace of God, I'd be out there destroying yeah. lives. Uh-huh. When you're spending time with guys like that, it's edifying mm-hmm. and you're building each other up and there's this like furtherance of that message in your own life and in your own heart. I was just hanging out with a guy like this uh, last night, one of our fellow pastors here on mm-hmm. staff, Matt Kaler. And, you know, we're, Christina and I were just sitting with him and Bree and having dinner and, you know, our, it was just so edifying, you know, because yeah. it's like, man, we are, but we are all so appreciative of what Christ has done for us. We're not worshipers of the church mm-hmm. and the forms of yeah. the church. We're not ministry worshipers. We're not community worshipers, you know, like the community that the church provides. Like we're worshipers of Jesus mm-hmm. and yeah. what he's done. And, and so like those types of relationships, they just are so uh, health-giving, life-giving, you know, for us. And, you know, obviously then when you're in that kind of connection and friendship and relationship, you know, for a man, I mean, sometimes as guys, we just need to be slapped upside the head. (laughs) You know, we need course correction Uh so often. We do stupid stuff. We think stupid stuff. So when you're surrounded with people who are able to say like, yeah, but what about Jesus? Uh And what about like his perspective and attitude? Oh, you have a complaint right now? 
Well, let's think about the cross. Let's think about the complaint that he could have had yet did not utter. You know, let's think about it. Oh, you have something unfair happening in your life right now. Well, let's think about the the unfairness of the cross of Christ and the way that he, like a lamb before his its shearers is silent, went and endured the suffering of the cross. You know, oh, you're feeling like life is hard right now. Think about the rock-like face that Jesus had as he, like a with a face like flint, went yeah. to the cross uh, in uh, on Calvary. And to like think about that. Oh, you're you're feeling like unloved right now, and like God is far from you. Well, like remember the gospel. Like He's not far from you. You're in the the grip of His hand, and no one can take you out of His hand. You know, like just remembering that message and having people around you to remind you of it. It's yeah. just so helpful in the like, you know, the little forays and journeys that we take as guys. You know, throughout life. Yeah, man, it's so good. I just was receiving that. I didn't even think of another question. <laughs> <laughs> well, you kind of you kind of just set me up to like talk for a really long time because you said like just tell us all three. So that that was the first the one. The first one. Yeah. That is so solid though, man. Just how important that is. I'm just thinking of a couple guys in my life who are that kind of voice for me and how important that is um, just for the life of myself, you yeah. know. Yeah. Yeah, totally. So gospel-centered friends and you talk about listening to gospel-centered teaching why is it important just to get that teaching outside of a sunday yeah totally so i mean men you are going to decide which church to be part of and i think that it's so important that you would be regularly hearing Mm -hmm. the gospel coming pumping out of the pulpit that you are under Mm -hmm. And, you know, this is crucial. I think I've talked, maybe even talked about it here in this podcast before, but a friend of mine who was military and, you know, gives a church two weeks to proclaim the gospel in one of their sermons. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's just so important that you would find yourself a church family, a fellowship where much is made of the cross of Christ. So that's vital. I mean, you want to have gospel-centered friends, it's going to be hard if you're in a community of believers that barely, rarely mentions the gospel, you know? So you, you want to be around in, uh, and in uh, your a church that does broadcast the cross of Christ and the implications of it frequently, you know? I, I as Over the years that I grew up in my dad's church, that's what I saw, you know? I saw positional Christianity being broken down all the time where he was just talking about what it means to be in Christ, you know, and that is the gospel part of that gospel message. This is the good news. Like you become a Jesus person. You become one of his people. You get all this This is what comes to you when you're in Christ. And so to be hearing that, to be having that kind of teaching, so that's part of it, is finding yourself a church where that kind of teaching actually exists. But then beyond that, I mean, we live in this great era right now. We're utilizing it right now with this podcast mm-hmm. right? Um, where we can consume lots of good teaching. And so what you want to do is make sure that you are 
um, consuming teaching that where the gospel is part of it, mm-hmm. and it's it's centered around it. You know, so I mean, obviously, you know, there's going to be like leadership stuff you can listen to. Mm-hmm. There's going to be stuff that's fun to listen to. That's just you know the news or from the secular world. You know, things like that. But when it comes to you know the body of Christ and receiving Bible teaching information, making sure that you're listening to teaching even in those ways podcasts that are where the 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 gospel is being proclaimed so you know i mean i always like uh you know as a calvary pastor i like listening to calvary pastors who do that work right because it's Mm -hmm. possible to teach verse by verse through the bible but really not uh to to kind of do it in a way that neglects a constant broadcasting of Jesus yeah. wherever you're at. So I like finding guys that are able to do that, both the verse-by-verse exposition, but also they make a big deal about Jesus and the gospel message through their expositional teaching. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then, you know, there's other guys outside of my tribe, you know, like I think of like Tim Keller, you know, like right. I love mm-hmm. the teaching or the writing that he gives because the the cross of Christ, the gospel is so preeminent, paramount in the messages. So I, I feel like it's a great litmus test when you're thinking about what am I hearing right now? Ask yourself, are you hearing a lot about Jesus? Are you hearing a lot about that gospel message? Is yeah. that being broadcast? Is it if it's inspirational, that's one thing. Mm-hmm. If it's very practical and helpful, that's another thing. But the reality is like all that stuff is decent but it's empty and shallow right. without the engine of the gospel inside yeah. it. So you want to make sure that that, that is uh, where those messages are pumping from. Yeah, totally. Getting that kind of gospel-centered word into your ears is just so helpful in living a gospel-centered kind of life. And even one more step beyond that, you know, the third thing you talk about is just reading the Bible in a gospel-centered kind of way. Can you kind of talk us through what that looks like? You've already kind of mentioned that a little bit about different preachers who can teach the Bible and not really focus on the gospel. But what does that look for a man who's just getting up in the morning reading his Bible? Yeah, I was just, before we had our, before we stepped into the studio, I uh, was out um, with a friend of mine who pastors another church locally, and we were talking about Christmas and mm. Christmas messages because we've just passed through that season. So I was asking him about, you know, how it went, you know, in his church. And he said that um, he does this message like almost every year where he does like a Genesis to Revelation overview, uh, where in the middle of this whole cosmic story is this baby mm. that was born to come and save us from this whole mess. And, uh, you know, I just, I I love that, obviously. And, you know, what he's highlighting there is that from the beginning to the end of the Bible, Jesus is the theme. Mm -hmm. And he is found, you know, the the promises of him before his birth, the hope looking forward and towards him before his birth, the the concentration on the desire for the him before his birth, uh, seeing the kings, you know, that were trying to, you know, operate well, but each one of them failing and them not being the total hope that Israel 
was looking for and just the prophets, you know, mm-hmm. talking about yeah. this coming day and this coming era and this future king that would come and be born and then his birth and, you know, just everything, the whole New Testament, you know, it just all centers around the Lord and the, the grace that he offers us as we believe in him. So, um, you know, it's just so important to not lose sight of that when you're reading the Bible. Yeah. You know, I always like to use, because it's very easy to illustrate this with the story of David and Goliath, you know, like so often someone reads that story and comes to the conclusion, there are giants in my life and with God's help, I can overcome them. Mm-hmm. And that's a decent message. But have you stopped to consider that Jesus is the son of David. And in that story, you and I, we're not necessarily David, but we're the afraid Israelite soldiers who just are powerless to go out and defeat Goliath. But that Jesus went out and in his cross, he defeated sin and death on our behalf. And then we're running in the victory that he's won for us. So that's a a tee it up, easy kind of, you know, story from the Old Testament to look at, to say, read the Bible in a gospel-centered way. But to perpetually have that in our minds, I think, is helpful. And, you know, that takes years of, that's part of why listening to Bible or a gospel-centered teaching is really important, because, you know, it helps train your mind to see those things as you're reading the Bible. But if it's just like, here's a good moral, here's a thing I need to try to really hard by myself to do, you know, that kind of stuff, you'll so often be powerless to see the sanctification that you want to see in your life. Yeah, amen. And just kind of boil all that down, it's just having a gospel-saturated kind of life, it seems like, is what you're saying, just with your friends, the things you're putting in your ears, and how you're reading scripture, gospel-centered, Jesus-focused. Totally. Because then it's worship. You know, it's all just worship. Uh It's all just worship. Like, oh, man, Jesus, God... You did this. You did this <laughs> yeah. for me. This is this is amazing. Wow. And I want to live a life for you. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks for sharing that, Nate. I think we're about out of time. Do you have any final words to the men listening to this? No. You know, I mean, maybe you're listening and you have realized that you've been a church guy and maybe even partially a Bible guy, mm-hmm. but you have not been a gospel guy and maybe you have yet to even really receive the Lord and his gospel work, his good news in your heart and life. He died for you. He suffered for you. He took all your sin, all your shame, all your guilt, uh, all your lust, all your greed, all your hate. He took all of that into his own body when he died for you, the sin of the world on that cross. He substituted himself for you, and he rose from the dead three days later, verifying that what he did was effective in the sight of his father. And now, full access to God is available for you eternally, total forgiveness of all your sin, adoption, reconciliation can be yours if you would cry out to him, repent of that sin that he is trying to save you from, and say to him, I believe that you have done this for me. And if that faith is there within your heart, then the Bible says that you are saved. So just take a moment right now and say, God, would you have mercy on me, a sinner? Forgive me of what I have done and invite Jesus Christ into your heart and into uh, your life.
But no, man, that's yeah, it. Yeah, that's good. Amen. No better way to end a conversation than with that gospel message. Totally. As we're wrapping up, Nate, where can people find you to uh, to follow you in your ministry? Yeah, totally. Well, this article was nateholdridge.com slash 31. So, you know, that's the website to go to to see articles and other podcasts and other audio teachings uh, that we've uh, offered. And then right now I'm on Twitter. It's just at nholdridge. And if you have any, you know, word of uh, encouragement, that'd just be awesome to be able to hear from you there. So, or a question that you'd like to ask, it'd be great to hear from you there as well. Yeah, very cool. Awesome. Thanks, Nate. Hey, thanks for joining us today. If you'd like to read some more articles from Pastor Nate, you can always go to nateholdridge.com and browse through all the archives. Everything's there. And if you'd like to have his articles sent to your email on a weekly basis, you can also sign up for that at nateholdridge.com. And while you're online, please share this podcast with a friend. We would greatly appreciate that. And also, stay tuned for another episode next week. But until then, God bless you guys. We'll see you soon.